A Fork on the Road is brought to you by GoDaddy. Well, they have everything you need to put your business online, find new customers, and kick butt online. They started by registering... says kick ass online. I don't want to say ass. But that's what GoDaddy wants you to say. No, I don't want to say GoDaddy's all that. about ass. Have you not seen Danica Patrick? She's fabulous. She is. Right, you can get you started by registering a domain name and creating your website with GoDaddy's easy-to-use website builder. Already have a site? Keep it running fast with GoDaddy web hosting. It's go time. Visit, Visit GoDaddy.com. Enter promo code FORK32 and save 32% on your new purchases. Some limitations apply. Always, with See everything. See the website for details and then get ass kicking online. Get butt kicking with GoDaddy. Whatever. Another edition of A Fork on the Road. I am travel guru Mark DiCarlo, and next to me is the lovely and talented and road-weary Yenny Alvarez, the traveling diva. <laughs> I always look forward to hearing what you're going to say about me. I try and change it every week. Road-weary? Well, because today's episode is all about road trips. It's summer, the kids are out of school, or soon will be, and that means it's time to take road trips with the family. Pile everyone in the car, grab your luggage, grab your dog, and jet off Somewhere across America. It's a great way to travel. We used to do it all the time as kids. Cubans don't do that. No, you row. <laughs> you, you take row trips. <laughs> it's only 90 miles. It builds up your glutes. You're horrible. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Seth MacFarlane from the hilarious comedy A Million Ways to Die in the West is on the show. We also have uh, road trips. We're going to be talking to Carolyn Graham from AAA about Route 66, the mother road here in America. And we're going to be talking to two German guys from Munich about the International Mr. Leather, Leather Festival. Competition. That, it's a competition. Oh, yes, it is. It's With winners and teary, teary losers. That was their road trip this summer. So it's all about travel, all about road tripping this week on the show. Thanks for joining us. If you've missed any shows in the past, as always, you can catch up with them on our website, which is aforkontheroadshow.com. Yes, or you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Instagram. I'm Traveling Diva, Yenny Alvarez, and uh, he's Mark DiCarlo and Mark DiCarlo TV. Yeah, Twitter, I'm Mark DiCarlo, and Instagram, I'm Mark DiCarlo TV. You can also read uh, my travel blog in the Huffington Post travel section this week. Got a nice uh, piece up there about our show last week from Chicago. We were at the Randolph Street Antique Market in Chicago, had a great time. That was so much fun, and I came home with Limoges. Right, and uh, uh, my new friend made me an Indian head uh, Blackhawks logo out of old Chicago tin ceilings that has found a great place in my sports memorabilia collection. We had a great time. My band, Old Blues Eyes, played with Wayne Baker Brooks. We also played with uh, Nicholas Barron. Had a great time at the Randolph Street Antique Market. The number seven antique market in the country, according to US, US, oh, uh, according to uh, USA Today, it is, yeah. They do it the last uh, weekend of every month. It's a fun time. The prices were great. And you know what? There were a lot of hot single people walking around. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did, because usually at antique markets, you don't get that. No, it's dinosaurs. It's old people. Yeah, but there were a lot of great um, artsy 
antiquey things. Mm -hmm. Like there was great artsy furniture. That wasn't antique that people made, but you know. And uh, we did the whole show live from there. We had uh, collectible expert Harry Rinker on the show, and he said that the prices were very low. They were, you know what? I usually sometimes you go to those things, and people want seven thousand dollars for a desk, and they're you look at them like they're ridiculous. Crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you how much I paid for my Limoges cups. Mm -hmm. I found three. First of all, what is Limoges? Because Limoges I can't, is I can't China. be the only guy in America that doesn't know. It's China. I love little teacups, and the most antique and the most dainty, the better it is for me. So Limoges, this must be like. A hundred years old, maybe, and, um, and where was it, it depends where is it on the made? seal. Is it like French, okay. it's French, um, and Limoges, uh, France. Okay. So, France. France. <laughs> so, I personally love them because they're really dainty, and they make me feel, you know, like I'm having tea with the queen. Whatever. Um, well, you're five <laughs> minutes from West Hollywood. You can have tea with, <laughs> tea the, with the queen, queen and... anytime. <laughs> but these cubs usually go for like, I don't know. 15 in the low end, 30 when, you know... For a single teacup? Yes, for a single teacup. That's $30 from, you know, you're paying retail. If you find them in a collection and, you know, depending on the seal that they have at the bottom, it, it could go for a lot more. It could go for Get 50 and up. Depends on the seal and how house. old they are. <laughs> well, do you want to guess how much I paid for those cups? I got three double-handed cups and one bowl. Well... Yeah, I'll guess, but the mere fact that you're asking me to guess on the air means that you got a fantastic deal I did. on them. Yeah, I did. so you wouldn't be bragging if you paid up the butt for them. Well, that way you know how different you know the, the prices are at that antique market than the antique I markets here in gonna, California. I'm not even going to venture a guess. How much? I paid for each one. I paid two dollars. Get out of here. Two dollars. So I paid six dollars for all three and eight dollars for the bowl. Oh my God. And now our house. Is I can turn so around and sell that beautiful. set, the same thing for fifty to eighty bucks, easy. Wow! Then we have enough money to eat today. <laughs> I think you should do that. Uh, so we'll have tea. It's a great thing to do in Chicago when you're there. No better place to be in Chicago than uh, the summertime. That's what my uh, piece in this week's Huffington Post travel section is about. I think summertime. I think Chicago is the best summertime city in America. I do. You I know, know I disagree. Well, yeah, you know what? In the summer, New York smells like urine, and Chicago no, doesn't. No, it does not. It does. First of all, did we not walk through sewer-smelling streets in Chicago? One. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, check me out on the Huffington Post. The, I'm going to get a job section. in New York City, and you're going to have to go with me. Oh, my God, that'd be horrible. Uh, it's a fun story about uh, Chicago in the summertime and leads us right into this week's episode. It's all about road trips. But before we do that... We got Seth McFarland on the show. Seth is the creator of Family Guy. Very funny show, I think. And he's come out with a new movie um, called A Million Ways to Die in the West that for some reason is getting ripped by the critics. I saw it and I thought it was hilarious. But you're his target audience. Not well, but but I, I know what people think. Our friend Billy the comedy writer thinks it's not going to be a good movie. Billy the comedy writer? Yeah. That's what you're calling him? I am. I'm not going to use his last name. Okay. Um, but Billy is brilliant, by the way. This guy... Yeah, well, you know what? I, I'm a fan... written for everybody, I'm and he is the funniest, fastest thinking it doesn't mean we comic have to agree I have on, ever, It doesn't mean we have to agree on anything. This movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West, is hysterical, and it's not just potty humor. It's clever... Albert Brooks made great movies. Mel Brooks made great movies. Woody Allen made great movies. These are American comedy auteurs. Gary Marshall, Carl Reiner. I would put. They did not have poopy jokes. I would put. There's always off color jokes. That's especially nowadays jokes. in Borat. 
There was all kinds of the naked people running through a hotel. That's but it was not poop jokes. You haven't even seen the movie, so you're just talking. Out I of your, saw Ted. You're talking out of your ass. I didn't think Ted was that great. Ted was okay, but this movie is hilarious. I have Ted had a hooker pooping in the middle of the living room. Yeah, well, I saw that on reality TV. Oh, Whatever. God. That's not the point. It's not. A, it's not a movie about. That's probably poop. where he got it from. It's. It's a hilarious movie about the old west. It looks like a real western. It sounds like an old western, but everyone in it is hilarious, especially Charlize, uh, Charlize Theron and. Um, she's stunning. And uh, 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 Neil Patrick Harris is. Hilarious I think she single-handedly brought back glamour to West to Hollywood. I know you do. Yes, she did. Anyways. I think she did. She was the only one years ago dressing up in the red carpet when you know Angelina Jolie was wearing horrible makeup and horrendous outfits and, you know, just walking the carpet like she just woke up. Right. And Charlize Theron was steps away with a fabulous gown and her makeup and hair done. Come on. I think she single-handedly she's brought gorgeous. back glamour to Hollywood. And in this, movie, in this movie, she's like a cowgirl, so she's not glammed up, but she's gorgeous. She's beautiful and she's really funny and she's a great actress. And I think Seth is being unfairly uh, uh, lambasted for this movie, which I think will go down as... One of one of the classic American comedies of the, the, the last 10 years. It's really, really funny. So uh, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Seth about the movie and about how he made the movie with some surprising uh, insights here. So here he is, the writer, director, and star of A Million Ways to Die in the West, Seth MacFarlane. This movie is hilarious. Oh, thank you. Absolutely hilarious. Good, good, good. As a director, what was more difficult, directing a teddy bear or yourself? Oh, uh, myself. Absolutely. In different ways. The teddy bear had its own challenges because you have nothing to point the camera at. Right. Um, here it was it was more of a challenge because you kind of have to switch your brain back and forth from one side to the other. Um, but I, you know, early on in this movie, I had the good fortune to benefit from the extreme generosity of Albert Brooks, who, who made himself so completely and, and generously available to really? me. I could pick up the phone at any time and say, hey, I, I've, I have another question for you. What's what? What, 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 what you know? When you're looking at dailies, like what you know, little wow, things like when, when you're doing this, because it was the first time I had done these two jobs, and nobody's done it better than he has. So, and and he he was so he was such a great guy and so generous with his time, and it it, it was it even just from a psychological standpoint, it it went a long way to have that. No one did it better than him. So singular version of comedy, much like your comedy. Seth MacFarlane comedy is a certain type, and it translates so well to this movie because from the opening credits and the font and the music, I'm seeing a John Ford movie. And inside this very, I've seen it a thousand times box, you put all this hilarious stuff, and the tone is just so great from the beginning to the end, wow. much like the Albert amazing. Brooks movies. I really love uh, Do you see yourself as the heir apparent to that I, I am not that you would say that, but no, no, no. I am, I am, I am, I am not worthy of, 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 uh, you know. I am not worthy of washing Albert Brooks's car. But, I, but, I, <laughs> but, um, the but Mercedes it is with the leather seats. Mercedes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no. One of the things I've always admired about him is that you know, there's a ton, defending your life is one of my favorite movies, and that's it's a good example of of a world that he's created that's so com completely alien and yet he finds 
a way to tonally ground it so effectively. Right, and, which makes and the comedy funnier. It's, 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 it's strange. Defending Your Life, it's a great comedy, but it's oddly also great science fiction. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that's my favorite kind of writing. When you take something that's really out there and outrageous and then put it in a scenario where, all right, well, we got to deal with this and make it seem like the most normal thing in the world. Well, I love the way you brought in all the horrible facts about what life really was like in the 1880s in the West. And your character's kind of like a fish out of water. Yeah. And everyone else is more grounded in the Western... Yeah, I mean, Albert and Anna bond over the fact that they're both cognizant of, of how terrible this world is that they were born into. No one else seems to know. They're both kind of embodying the... You know, Jimmy Stewart, man who shot Liberty Valance point of view, like, you know, what, what's wrong with all of you? How can you live like this? You know, it's that, <laughs> this thing of, of, of recognizing that this is such a savage time and place and being able to do nothing about it. Um, so, yeah, but that, that's, again, like, that's, that's what the tone that we were going for. How do we put a modern spin on this and make it ex accessible to the point of view that a modern day audience is watching it with, um, while at the same time being. Very, hilarious. very, very, very honest about you know and true to what a western is. Well, you crushed it. It was it was hilarious from the begin, literally from the music and the, the credits. <laughs> well, Joe McNeely's score is, he just knocked that out of the park, man. He's well, so talented. Congratulations, cool. this would be a huge hit. It's just a, a joy to see someone come just just bring it. And it's so <laughs> well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Not bad when okay. you have Albert Brooks on speed dial. Yeah, uh, Seth, very nice guy. And the movie, really, if you haven't seen it, go see it. You want, I think it's some kind of movie where you want to see it in a theater with a lot of people because it's, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. A hilarious, hilarious, hilarious movie. Okay. And it's sort of about road tripping because they're out in the Old West and they're bopping around. The rest of our episode is completely about road tripping. It's summertime. The kids are out of school. Great time to throw them in a car and drive someplace you've never been. Now, we are here in California. It's a beautiful state. There's lots of driving and road tripping. Yeah, PCH. Right. It's been around for how many years? It was built in 1934. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, here's a trivia question for you. Okay. How many years did it take to complete? The PCH, which is the Pacific Coast Highway, which goes all the way from San Diego to, to... Sacramento. Yeah. goes all the way to the coast of... To Monterey. How, how long did it take? I'm going to say 30 years. Ooh, 15. Huh. They're yeah. working fast. Yeah. Uh, it's a great drive, too, because it's always right along the edge of the ocean. Yeah. Very and it's picturesque. filled with great restaurants and hotels with fantastic views. It's 550 miles, I think. So it's a good. it could be a good week-long travel uh, Yes, but we plan. have to stay in great places. For example, I would start out at uh, Hotel del Coronado in San Diego. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. They say it's haunted, so that's a little extra bonus right there. And it was also the location of the hilarious movie Some Like It Hot with uh, Tony Curtis and, and Jack Marilyn. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn, how could you leave that out? Uh, big, big hotel down there in San Diego. Yep. Great place to start. So maybe yep. maybe you fly into San Diego, you rent your car, you stay at the Hotel Dell for a couple days, then you start working your way up the coast. Work where where would you coast. stop next? Los Angeles area. Okay. I like Santa Monica. Yes. By the water, really pretty. Mm -hmm. And going from a big luxury hotel to maybe a smaller one, maybe a boutique one. Yeah. I love La Meridian Delfina in Santa Monica. That is a nice place. Yeah. It's really cute. It's I felt like I was getting away from L.A. It's a great retreat. They have um, Big Train Chai, which I'm a big fan of. You're a big chai girl. 
the food was great. The rooms were clean and really cozy. The bed was really good. The mm-hmm. linens were fantastic. And the prices are great. It's not right on the beach. It's about four blocks, an easy walk to the beach. But you're also right near the Third Street Promenade and the big Santa Monica Mall. Which is adorable. You have to go there shopping. It's fantastic. You're close to Venice Beach, which is, if you're coming to California for the first time, good God, go to Venice Beach on the first day. <laughs> on the first day, yeah, be because scared. yeah, I know, but you get, get the off. most shock value by going to Venice on the first day, and then everything else after that will seem more normal. Uh, but Venice Beach, you don't want to miss that. Um, if you want to really go upscale in Santa Monica, Casa del Mar is Casa my del Mar. A lot of celebrities go there, uh, musicians stay there. It's right on the beach. But how much is that though? It's five or six hundred bucks a night. It's yeah, very, tr- no, very expensive. Kind of but it's right by there. the Santa Monica Pier. And every Thursday during the summer in Santa Monica, they have free concerts on the pier. All kinds of national headliners have come through. Uh, I saw, I saw Dr. John, Delbert McClinton, Corky Siegel, um, the, the lots of bands, big time bands. Those like, are all blues bands. Do they I know, have but there's, I'm other... trying to. They're, they're, they have like world music. They had. Uh, Sergio Mendez played there, I think, last year. So that's a great thing. If you're in Santa Monica during the summer on a Thursday, head to the pier, take the bus. Or if you're at the Casa del Mar, just walk your little feet across the hot sand and you'll be there. So Santa Monica, great stop. What's next? Santa Barbara. Another saint. Yes. (laughs) A little further up. Now, this is where Oprah lives. Oprah lives in Montecito, which is on your way to Santa Barbara. Okay, so you'll pass Oprah's house, wave so she doesn't feel bad, then pull into <laughs> Santa Barbara. Gorgeous Santa Barbara. And around Santa Barbara, they have all these great wine regions. And mm-hmm. they have a tiny little town that's maybe half an hour away from Santa Barbara. You yep. have to go a little inland. Mm-hmm. But... um. It's called Solvang, and it's a Danish-style town. With Which its means own... it's got a cherry filling in the middle of town. <laughs> it has a windmill. It's a really cute, adorable town. And during the festivals, the people dress up. You can buy clogs. You can have uh, smorgasbord for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get, oh, they have Apple really... Apple yeah. yeah. They have really great Danish pastry, pastries. It's a little tchotchke-ish for me, Solvang. It's touristy, but where else are you going to find a little Danish town in California? I don't know. Denmark? In, oh, California. in California. Yeah. We're on, you know, the 101. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's a great little stop. Also, it's in the heart of wine country there, the um, Los Olivos Paso Robles yes. wine country. Lots of Delicious great wineries. Wines. And they have all these tasting rooms in And you town. have to go to Stolman Wineries and have their um, Sangiovese. Oh my gosh, delicious. So you get apple skeevers and wine in the Santa Barbara area. You do that for a day or two. It's time to keep moving north. What's the next stop? Well, after you pass by La Super Rica Taqueria, which is... Uh, what is that? The, su- a, the Superman taco? Super delicious taco. It's a Oaxacan, which is from a part of... <laughs> That's the Maybe. sauce they put on the tacos. That's disgusting. Oh, please don't do that. That's gross. Oaxaca is a place in Mexico, and uh, this place are is these super tacos rica made out of vasi bear? Oaxaca, ah, Kermit, you're no. eating a taco made no. of my fart. No, they're uh-huh. they're delicious tacos, and they were they got great acclaim from Junior Child. Oh well, yeah, bon appetit. <laughs> So, Julia Child loved this place. And this is still in the Santa Barbara area? Santa Barbara. All right. And then go to the brewing company and then keep driving up. Okay. What's the next stop going north? Um, How about San Luis Obispo? How about it? Okay. They have a place there called the Madonna Inn. Famous hotel. Yes. With 109 completely differently unique rooms. Right. From like a cave. It's the opposite of a Hampton Inn. Yeah. Well... 
Hamptonians are all the same, no yeah. matter where you go. No, no, no. This is, all the rooms are different. So 109 different rooms. I want to know what all the different rooms are. I'm thinking there's one that's a cave. There's one that's a castle. There's another Dungeon, one that's... high school locker room. They have all kinds of weird... High school People go there for like little sexy, funky weekends, the Madonna Inn. High school, which is ironic that, would that you would, you would name like a sexy room. hotel after uh, you know the Virgin Mother, but I think therein lies the uh, humor. No, even if you pass by and just take a look at the rooms on your way on the way up, um, don't miss a trip to the men's bathroom in the main lobby because the urinal has a waterfall feature. Maybe they all do. You just have to push the. No, it has a wa- it's a waterfall, an actual. An actual so waterfall. you can actually pee into in a waterfall. Ah, oh, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I've peed into real waterfalls before, but to pee into a fake waterfall in the middle of a men's room, that's oh. a thrill. Yeah, you like peeing in weird spots. You know that what, should be man? your next blog. Weird peeing? Yes. <laughs> spots I peed? Then you keep driving Maybe it's my up. way of you know, conquering my domain. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Not very fun for me. Moving on. Drive up to Cambria. Mm-hmm. There's the Nitwit Ridge, which is coming out of uh, San Luis Obispo and the Madonna Inn. You go into this other world, which is a world of folk art fantasy. It's basically a poor man's castle built from thousands of uh, found objects and like little treasures in the trash. So a guy went through people's garbage and built a house out of it? Yep. Can't miss that. Yep. I want to know what I the rest is like. I bet they have a gift like. shop. <laughs> I bet they do. Then you keep driving up and going from... Uh, a poor man's castle. Let's go to a bigger castle, a rich man's castle. Hearst, Hearst castle. castle. Built by William Randolph Hearst, the publisher of the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, the Rupert Murdoch of his day was very into yellow journalism and sensational headlines and sold a lot of newspapers, consequently. He also is the uh, Citizen Kane, uh, widely regarded as the best American movie ever made. In the movie, the protagonist is called Charles Foster Kane. In real life, that was supposed to be William Randolph Hearst. And in the movie, Rosebud was the sled. In real life, Rosebud was the name of William Randolph Hearst's girlfriend's private area. He he called it Rosebud. How do you know this stuff? Because, baby, I've lived a life. That's the first thing they teach you in day one of film school in college is what Rosebud's all about. <laughs> day one? Wow. And, and and then you spend the rest of your college career practicing it. Um, so, But it, as far as a castle, it is fantastic. It was built entirely by European artisans. They brought marble from Italy and they brought stuff from Spain. And it's a giant castle on the top of the hill. All the crap had to be lugged up there by mules. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Indoor pool. You can't miss it. That's in San Simeon, California. But see, after you see that castle, what else? You're like, you don't want to leave. What else are you going to go see? No, well, it's, you know, it's... Keep uh, driving up. And I would imagine in the 20s, it was even more remote than it is now. I mean, probably yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but no, no other hotel that you go into is going to compare. No. Well, no. So you keep driving up. The only thing that can, can you, compare to Can you to stay that, at San no, Simeon? No, 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 you just visit. Yeah, yeah you okay. just visit. Hearst. Right. Um, you keep driving up, and the only thing that can actually make you feel better than a castle, looking mm-hmm. at a beautiful castle, is looking at the beautiful scenery. So stop over at Julia Pfeiffer Burns State Park, which has an 80-foot waterfall cascading from uh, granite cliffs onto the can beach. Can I pee in it? Uh, this is a state park, so I don't think so. Well, if I could pee but in you can, the you can pee in the Madonna restaurant okay. that is called uh, Nepente Restaurant, uh-huh. and it's almost kind of a, off a cliff. 
and you can see all these beautiful, beautiful sceneries. So I can pee into a waterfall at the Banana Inn and pee into the Pacific Ocean at this place. Oh, no, De Carlo, no, you can't. This trip sounds terrific. All right, keep going. Um, keep going up. What's Carmel, the next stop? Carmel by the sea. Mm. And uh, it's a really adorable stretch of coastline along the entire route. And uh, there's sea lions, and you can go to Point Lobo State Park. And, uh, oh, go to the Forge in the Forest, which is a beautiful little restaurant that looks like you're inside a little forest. It's very magical. Well, because you are inside a forest. It's called Forge in the Forest. Right. Because it was made in the forest. It's not like a fake forest like you would find at Disneyland. This is an actual it's forest. It's beautiful. It's right. beautiful. And Carmel is an adorable little town, so you have to go in there and experience that. And it's if- amazing to see how much the landscape changes from San Diego even up to this point in California. Uh, you know, everything is uh, different. Every area that we're telling you to stop in has lo- a different look, a different yeah. smell. Completely different. All the Wednesday. next thing up, uh, there's Pebble Beach. There's the Monterey Bay Aquarium with psychedelic jellyfish. Mm-hmm. They also have the Steinbeck Museum in Monterey, John Steinbeck. Mm. Next to Kurt Vonnegut, probably my favorite American author, although Mark Twain's pretty good, too. Um, but, uh, you know, he did a lot of his writing up there, Cannery Row, and um, uh, it's a great museum. I've been in the the, uh, the Sea Museum as well. And then yeah. after that, the last stop on this uh, San Francisco. Great city. Great food city. Mm-hmm. Great Italian food there in the north end. Uh, our favorite place Ooh, up there is Sodinis. called Sodini's. Great place to be in the summer because you can count on the weather being decent. If you're a baseball fan at all, you definitely should go to AT&T Park. Uh, and if you like food, seafood, go to the wharf. That's kind of touristy. Oh, but it's so good, though. Yeah, I it's, like the north end better for good food. The um, the Stinkin' Rose original garlic restaurant is there. That's yeah. great. Well, you can look at Alcatraz and you can see the sea lions mm-hmm. and smell the sea lions so, and from... have clam chowder. and Oh, that Vietnamese place. What is it called? The one on the bell tower. Pier I, 39? I don't recall. Oh, best Vietnamese food in San Francisco is the one in the bell tower. People... Uh, travel there and, 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 and stop over at this place all the time and they delay their flight so they can just go eat and have a chance to go in there. Yeah, it's really it's that good. It's amazing. Uh, all these different sights and flavors in one big state. And it's mm-hmm. a great road trip. Uh, beautiful, beautiful scenery and uh, lots of fun things to do. So yeah, And you can rent a car from there and go wine tasting. If you really want to go big, though, you got to go the mother of all road trips in America, and that's Route 66, ah. a road that was laid down in the 20s, I believe. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a second. Um, and it used to be the only way for cars to get across the country. You'd start in Chicago, and you end up in Santa Monica, right at the Santa Monica Pier there, right where that mm-hmm. arch is, the mm-hmm. yacht arch. That's where Route that's 66 used to end. And back in the day, it was the artery. It was the way people got to California that it fueled the big... Um, uh, explosion in California population and was very popular for a while. And then when they started laying down the the big highways in the 50s and early 60s, all the interstates, no one was on Route 66 anymore and everything started to die off and it was kind of fallow for a while, but it's coming back strong. I read a great article in this month's uh, Westways magazine, the AAA magazine here in Southern California, and we have the author of that article joining us right now. She is an expert on all the cool places to live and drive and stay on Route 66, and we have the Route 66 expert joining us today. She's actually traveled the road and knows where to stop, where to keep going, and all the really cool little idiosyncratic spots along the way. From uh, the AAA magazine, Westways, Carolyn Graham, welcome to A Fork on the Road. Hi, Carolyn. Hello, and thank you. 
Uh, so you have a great job. You write for AAA Magazine, right? I do. I write for Westways, which is the Southern California AAA Magazine. I love getting Westways. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you know, it kind of used to be like the magazine that your grandparents would get, and it was kind of fuddy-duddy, and I don't know what they've done to it the last five years or so, but obviously there's been kind of an editorial makeover, and the the articles are great, and the information is great, and you wrote a really interesting piece about road trips, and it really took me back to my childhood. We used to take road trips every Christmas from Chicago to Florida, and we would always go on a summer road trip. So I thought Mm -hmm. now it's the beginning of summer. It would be a great time uh, to talk about that because I'm sure a lot of families and people are planning road trips. And we wanted to get an expert who knows what she's talking about on the show. So thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. Now, um, Yenny grew up in Cuba. And when I told her earlier today that we were going to be talking about Route 66, she had no idea what I was talking about. Well, I know what Route 66 is, (laughs) but not in details. So for and and you're not alone, baby. There are younger people who've never uh, been on it. Let's start by talking about that road in specifics. You know when it was laid down and what the cultural importance of it was to America. Well, it was essentially a way to get across America, uh, where there hadn't really been a a way, a contiguous way to travel from the East Coast or the Midwest to the West Coast. And and the area that I know specifically about is the California portion, which I think is even a little bit less known because I know a lot of those spots along the way in Arizona, New Mexico, and, and certainly in the Midwest have these kind of sexier attractions. But in California, we don't, we have so much going on here that we don't always look, you know, right in our own backyard. So that's kind of the area that I know. And do you know when the road was built? Was it like the in the teens, early 20s? Uh, boy, um, I'd like to say I'm an expert, but I, I want to say it was in the 1920s. Um, I believe it was decommissioned in the mid 80s. And that was the time when interstates were starting to, to come into play and there were easier ways to get across than Route 66. Right. So there are still pieces of it that are preserved and and it's a it's a good window into our past. And, and for people that don't know about it, basically it was a two-lane highway that went from Chicago all the way to the Santa Monica Pier mm-hmm. here in California. And like Carolyn was saying, it was basically the only contiguous road that you could get from the Midwest or the East to California. Now we have Interstate right. 10, we have 40, we have 80. There are a lot of other ways to get from here to there that are much faster and much more efficient. But I don't think they're as much fun. And it seems like the last couple of years, there's kind of been like a little bit of a comeback on uh, the kind of the off the well, you know, off the beaten path, kitschy places on uh, Route 66. What are some of the, your favorite ones that you discovered while you were researching your piece? Well, I started in Needles, California, which is on the border between California and Arizona, right on the uh, Colorado yeah, River. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's one of the hottest. It's hotter than hell there. It is hotter than hell. Um, but actually they have the river there. So there is a place where you can escape that a little bit. And the place that I stayed was a relatively new spot, uh, built in 2009 called Pirate Cove Resort. Mm -hmm. And it's a good place to start for families. And I think to, to your point too, I think, uh, the, the family vacation and the road trip vacation is hopefully making a comeback, but I think that sometimes we forget to to take those kinds of trips with our kids and and this is a good way this is actually a good starting point because a lot there's a lot of history 
Um, and again, in the California portion, there's there's some spaces where there's not a lot of scenery. <laughs> right. It's kind of a lot of desert type of stuff. So um, it, it's that's a good spot to start, and that's where we started. And it's uh, there's a place you can. The old original Route 66 does wind behind Pirate Cove. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go out there and walk on the original blacktop. You can see the the bridges and some of the original architecture from Route 66, the old billboard um, that they built, I believe, in the 1920s that greeted people as they came from the Arizona side into California and crossed the river is still there, and it's preserved, and it's beautiful. It's got a, a rock frame around it, and it's a, an excellent photo opportunity and a good good spot to just you know stand around and show your kids hey this is how people this on this little two-lane road this is how people vacationed right and and i mean even going back even further than that the the classic um henry fonda movie the grapes of wrath that whole story that whole steinbeck story was about all the oaky farmers who got blown out in the dust bowl they they lost their farms and they packed up their trucks because they heard there was green fields and water in california and they all made this pilgrimage across Route 66, and because the cars were traveling slower and they were smaller, you couldn't do 500 miles in a day. You had to go in smaller chunks. So the the highway is dotted with all kinds of older historical motels and hotels and kitschy places. Did you get to visit the Wigwam Hotel? We did. We stayed at the Wigwam, which is uh, San Bernardino. It's right on the border between San Bernardino and Rialto. California, and um, they're actually they're they're teepees, not wigwams, even though it's called the Wigwam Motel, and it's it's one of teepees. a series. That sounds yes, like fun. It is. They look like and yeah, it, they look just like them. See, I would like they that. Do. Yeah, they're little concrete teepees. Um, they've been restored by a, a very lovingly by a family that that owns it, and um, it's nice and modern inside. It's got they have running know, water nice and kind of, electricity. They have running water. They even have satellite TV. Well, running water was the name of one of the Braves that actually started the Wigwam. <laughs> How fun. But, what about the food? Spe- what about food stops along the way? Um, you you have to kind of plan a little bit. Like I said, some of them, they're spaced pretty far apart. <laughs> um, but one of our favorite places actually was a little bit off the Route 66. It was in Ontario. And it was called Vince's Spaghetti, and it, it actually opened in 1945. Um, and so the same family still owns it. They do have a location on Route 66 as well. Wow. But it, it's just a great family place and a, a really awesome atmosphere. And just the, these meatballs, you would not believe the size. It's like a <laughs> meal and a half. Wow. I, I really have fond memories of growing up and taking road trips. And I, I mean, do families still do that now? And if they do, is everyone so plugged into their digital <laughs> devices that they don't even know what's going on? Because we had, we would get the triptych map from AAA Excellent. with, with mm-hmm. the little yellow outline of your route. And that was it. You had a paper map and then nothing but time to kill. So you were forced to talk to your little brothers. Exactly. And it's a little bit telling parents to get in the car and tell the kids to put their devices away is, is kind of it's a huge risk um, because, you know, as soon as you get out there, somebody's going to be on somebody's side or there's going to be something going on back there. But once that kind of once you kind of work through some of that, um, they do 
get a chance to actually see the scenery. They do those things get imprinted on them and you have that dialogue as you go and you say things like, hey, this is part of our mining history here. This is a this is where a volcano erupted 10,000 years ago. And, and if they're glued to their devices, then they they don't get to do that. But my does Route, 60, is all- does Route 66 go past the big meteor crater in Arizona? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know that portion. We do. It does go by a uh, volcano uh, extinct, obviously, in California in that portion. So, an um, and that's a cool place to just California? get out, uh, to get out and I didn't know there was an the- extinct volcano in California. Me neither. Are you sure it's extinct, Carolyn? Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so, because we were out there walking around <laughs> in the lava. You know, um, that's not really... one thing I'm interested in seeing, volcanoes. Well, why? Not if it's totally dead. Not whatsoever. <laughs> why? No, it just freaks me out. When I was little, I saw that movie You're a Volcano lava-ist. when I was like nine. I saw the movie <laughs> Volcano with, um, what's his name? Good looking blonde guy. Uh, Paul Newman. Oh. Paul Newman, Paul Newman was in Volcano. Paul, he wasn't blonde. He was blonde, dirty blonde. No, he wasn't. <laughs> whatever. The movie you freaks me out. You saw He's got brown hair. The movie freaked me out, and um, I, I I could never, even in Hawaii, you want to take a tour of the volcano? No. <laughs> Helicopter tour? No. Nowhere near it. Not interested. I, I mean, obviously, one day it'll blow, and it'll you know knock some people out of the sky. But until then, I think it's a pretty cool thing to see. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those but people. But I did not know there was one in California. Um, mm-hmm. Me neither. Are, I don't think I would have moved here. What are some of the other surprising <laughs> things that are still scattered along this road? Um, again, I think there's just a lot of good photo opportunities and things that we just sort of discovered as we went along the way. Um, in uh, Newberry Springs is the site of the Baghdad Cafe, which, uh, again, not many kids would know, the 1987 cult classic, Baghdad right. Cafe. Movie. But again, it's a it's a really cool spot to to get out and and when you walk in, the, the owner typically greets you in French because she gets so many French patrons in there. Um, <laughs> and apparently it's a big deal there, Bonjour. the movie. Bonjour. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great place to just sit down and have a milkshake and take in the whole atmosphere. And I like, um, I like traveling in that fashion. I mean, obviously, sometimes you want to get there and get in a plane and get there quickly. But I like taking road trips every once in a while because it forces you to slow your life down a little bit and talk to strangers. And typically, the people that you meet in these kind of places are stranger than people that you're going to meet in your own hometown. And uh, it always makes for interesting conversations. It does. In fact, another spot that turned out to be one of the highlights was the Bottle Tree Ranch, which is in a tiny little wide spot in the road called Oro Grande. And the um, there's an artist there. He's a welder. And he's created these weird sculptures uh, out of everything from old machine guns to car parts. And he's stuck bottles on them that he collected in the desert. And you just kind of wander out there. There's wind chimes. And it's it's just open desert, and sometimes he's there, and he comes out, and he'll chat with you, and and it's something, again, the kids don't, you know, we're so busy just, you know, especially when we travel, we'll go from a hotel to an attraction. We don't get a chance to just stand out there and have a conversation with someone that you don't know. Right. It, it's really refreshing to uh, to meet strangers when you're traveling, you know. It's, it's, uh, 
I had the opportunity to travel when I was doing the Travel Channel show, and some of my funnest days were just random meetings with offbeat, weird local people that you'd never meet in your <laughs> you own... You are offbeat, offbeat but and I like weird it, but, to them. But I know that. But you know me. I'll, I I will always walk up to someone and just and start, talk to them. start talking smack to them because it's always... <laughs> You always learn interesting things, and you kind of get a different perspective on uh, on life. Uh, obviously, you traveled with your family, right, Carolyn? Exactly. My two kids. Do you have maybe a top five tips for the family who might be taking their first road trip with toddlers or youngsters to keep Ooh. everyone from killing each other? <laughs> well, um, I think for from the parent side, and and I have to, I have to. Uh, tout the AAA maps. I I believe in bringing a paper map, and and I love that you love the triptychs. Those are awesome. You can do them online, and I think that that's a a critical element to any road trip because there's so many little hints and little side trips that you see on a paper map that you don't see and can't see on a GPS or a a smartphone. Yeah. So I think that that's that's the first thing. Um, And for people that aren't AAA members, I'm a AAA member. I have been for 20 years. And this is this isn't a commercial for AAA, but rarely is there a company that provide the, the product that AAA gives you is just exceptional all the way down the line, you know? And, and I do have to say being a woman, I was always I felt better knowing that if something happened to me in a car, somebody would come and help me out. <laughs> and they actually show up. Yeah. yeah but all do, the, mat- the the travel materials that they give you, the maps, the triptychs, it's not just marketing to get you to go where someone is paying them. It's actually interesting right. things that you actually want to see. Uh, who controls and, who controls the radio? The radio? Yeah. Oh, how, in the how car? You, is it drive? My our rule was Ooh. driver controls. Absolutely, I think it's driver controls. We do try to because my daughter is she's uh, thirteen and she does love music um, and she's got fairly good taste. I have to say, there's not a lot of Justin Bieber that happens in our car. Oh, you're but, lucky. You know, we we do allow some input for like a playlist type of thing, and I think a, a playlist is a good. Uh, item to add to the packing list as well. Spend a little time creating something that adds to the flavor. We did that this time. We we came up with some some 50s songs, some 60s songs and and gave them an opportunity to chime in as well. So that that was actually great to just kind of have a soundtrack as you go along mm-hmm. as well. What about games? Uh the license plate game everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, the punch your little brother just because you can game. Everyone knows. <laughs> Are there any new games out there uh, that people can play that kind of take uh, advantage of technology? Well, um, what we did actually was we incorporated the the landscape and the scenery into some of our games. So we would do like whoever spotted the first uh, uh, yucca or or whoever could see, there's a, a shoe tree out there. Whoever was the first one to spot that. A tree then, that actually makes shoes? A shoe tree? Um, well, it doesn't naturally grow that way. Um, they do. Have, people do stop and they leave their shoes out there. and, and oh, oh, I love yeah. that. Like Kind of like a group art project. Exactly. So where do, where our, do all the shoes on the highway come from? I always see like a single shoe on the highway. How the hell did they um, get out there? Sorry to tell you, that's an accident. Oh, you think? It's just like an accident? Absolutely. Oh, I never it's thought of been, that. It's been left behind. Oh. oh. Well, then, that's not quite the fun no, topic that I thought it would be. <laughs> well, never well, mind I think, then. You know, sometimes people, stuff falls out of your suitcase. And, yeah. you know, I think these things happen. So, um, but yeah, we look for stuff like that and, and 
take those opportunities to pull off and not just, you know, barrel on down the highway. Just if you see something weird that you want to stop and take a photo of or investigate, then you should do it. Yeah, you don't want to pack your schedule too tightly. You want to leave yourself time, you know, to, to stop and smell the roses. Otherwise, you might as well be on the 10. Right. Although Stop the flip side, the shoot tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The flip side of that is, is I believe in having at least some sort of loose itinerary, doing some research ahead of time and having a list of things that, so that you don't just whiz by and, and miss these things like the shoe tree. You know, I wouldn't have discovered that probably on my own unless I had read a guidebook or consulted some Route 66 website. So it's a good idea to do your research ahead of time and, and have an idea of some of the stops you want to make, but then just be open when you see those shoe trees out there. Mm-hmm. And when you um, can get a hotel yes. on, the way, on the way to your destination, um, tell them you're a AAA member and you get discounts. Always. Absolutely. I do all the time. Yeah, it really yes. is a great product. It's like 70 bucks a year or something. And you get mm-hmm. it, it pays for itself, plus you get all these extra travel benefits. If you like to yeah. travel... It's a, I think it's a no-brainer. So were you, when your road trip with your family was over, were, was it as fun and refreshing as you hoped it would be? Or is it just impossible to take that kind of trip now with cell phones and iPads and the wired world? Well, you, you really do have to, I think, set those boundaries for your, your kids. You know, that, and, and we tried to mix it up a little bit, too, because you can't be too hardcore because... They do need moments where they can kind of go to their comfortable place, which is on their iPads or in their books or whatever. So you have to provide those opportunities. But we would have stretches where we would say, okay, this is an electronics-free zone. You know, and I would Yes, and I would get out the material, the research material I would have and just let them know, okay, look off to your right and this is what you'll see and and try to narrate a little bit so that we're all engaged and and, you know, have those moments, too, where they can just kind of look out the window and watch the world go by just like we did when we had our road trips. Right. Because, you know, that's that's the part that you really that kind of helps make those impressions and help, helps you remember the whole trip. What was the kids favorite moment on the trip? Do you know? Well, I think they really enjoyed the bottle tree. I think they really enjoyed Pirate Cove, which, um, again, it's kind of a little spot of civilization out there uh, where they got to. Um, just kind of walk around and act like a kid and, and they've got a, a, a fun restaurant there and there's a pirate theme and, and all kind of, we took a, a boat tour, a yacht tour up the Colorado river to, and, and that was a cool part of the route 66 experience too, because you do get to see the, the steel bridge where, like you said, the dust bowlers crossed over from Arizona into California, s- mm-hmm. searching for the you know beautiful scenery that we have. So you go under those bridges and you can see wildlife and stuff like that. So that was that was a good highlight for them. Great, and you get yeah. to experience history. So that's yeah, Amer- exactly. really America. And it's it's recent history, but it seems so 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 far away. You know, so I I just loved it. I really enjoyed your article. And for anyone that uh, I guess you can only get Westways magazine in Southern California, but you can find Carolyn on the Web. Um, What's your do you have a Twitter handle and an Instagram? Um, I do. It's at Carolyn Graham is Twitter. Um, And my Instagram is C-E-E-G-E-E Graham. C-G. C-G. Love it. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Carolyn. It was really interesting to hear about the current state of Route 66 and um, and uh, road trips in general. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. If we end up doing this uh, chili festival in uh, October, I think we should drive from L.A. to there. It'll be a yeah, but then we have to drive back. But baby, it's after fun. After a chili festival. Well, we'll put the top down. It'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in the car oh, with maybe you it's for three sh- days after a chili festival. I've driven. Uh, one time I drove all the way around the country myself. I was gone for like two weeks. I drove from California to Chicago and I drove down to Florida. I drove back up and around and went through Yosemite. And road tripping is fun. What's your longest road trip? Uh, my longest road trip was from Miami to Orlando. It was four hours, and I filled up a cooler with like baby food because I, I love those little, you know, little baby food and the bananas and the yogurt. Actual baby food? Oh my god, yes, it's so good. Because How it keeps me you? going. I was in my 20s, but I like baby food. Leave me alone. So four hours. Four hours? Yeah, that was That's my nothing. Well, Cubans don't road trip. No, you boat trip. Yes. But that's okay. And that's badly. Well, that's you know bad what? enough. We'll uh, we'll do it. It'll be fun. It's it's a great way to see um, non-homogenized America. There's still cool places out there, like Carolyn was talking about the Wigwam Hotel mm-hmm. and the uh, Pirates Cove, places that are different and weird and in the middle of nowhere, and they're doing just fine. So it's fun to visit them. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, later on. But uh, for right now, I think we're done. That was a pretty good episode. Seth MacFarlane was on the show. Um, Carolyn Graham with all of our Route 66 road trips. Yenny's uh, California road trip information. Also, if you have a chance, check out the Huffington Post travel section this week. I've got a new piece all about summertime in Chicago. We were there in Chicago last week. Had a great time at the Randolph Market uh, Antiques Fair. My band played there. We had a really good time. And uh, I also was shocked to find out that there were tons of young hotties at the Antiques Fair. I assumed it would be all old people, but it was it was kind of like a meat market. Well, it's a great place to go shopping, and it was during the day, and they have great music, so yeah. why not? Yeah, no, I thought it was great. And uh, they had a lot of art, too. Uh-huh. So, uh, not you just antiques. Read about that on the Huffington Post, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Mark DiCarlo, and on Instagram at Mark DiCarlo TV. And I'm Yeni Alvarez on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Traveling Diva. And this has been our Road Trip 2014 episode. Get in your car, gas it up, make a great playlist, and keep us with you. You can listen to all of our shows at once at a ForkOnTheRoadShow.com. So while you're doing that, and until next week, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Traveling Diva Yeni Alvarez. And we'll see you on a Fork on the Road.
get your kicks on Route 66.